In the book of 1 Samuel chapter uh, 25 is where we're going to go. In this world, you will always run into criticism. How many of you know a critic? If you don't know a critic... You are the critic. <laughs> In this world, you will find somebody who's got something to say about you. Hallelujah. In this world, at some point, you will be disrespected. In this world, at some point, you will feel unappreciated. At some point, someone or something will come your way that will rub you the wrong way. Maybe you're sitting here right now and that happened this week. I promise you something is coming that will steal your joy. Amen. Amen. Something will happen that causes you to get to a point in your life where all your emotions and logic and all that you've ever studied and known in life goes out the door. Have you ever been there? Yes. There are things in life where you are walking loving Jesus. He's a good God and you're worshiping. And love is in your heart. And grace is in your spirit. And something comes along. And causes grace and love to leave the car. And anger and bitterness and vengeance has taken the wheel. And you will run over. The, 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 there's, there's something called pressure in life. Pressure will come to everybody in this room. What is joyous today will have pressure tomorrow. When you, when, you, when you wanted to bring kids into the world and the kid was cute and beautiful and look at the kid, look at the smile. That kid is naming pressure. Hallelujah. That marriage, hallelujah. Well, y'all walk down the aisles. I was going to sing the old wedding song, but nowadays people got all types of songs they come down the aisle to. And you get there and they don't want to say the old vows. You know the old vows? You know, do you take this to be your, to have and to hold, to love, cherish, honor? To, they don't want to say that no more. They want to pull out papers now. <laughs> Jeffrey, from the day I met you, <laughs> you complete me. His middle name is Pressure. And that marriage will bring pressure. Come on, somebody. This body of yours that's healthy and you in the gym every day taking Instagram pictures. Look how I work out. Strong man. One day the doctor's going to tell you something and it's going to bring. And you're going to ask yourself... Why is this happening? Come on, anybody in this room. You ever had a moment in your life where you look up to heaven and say, forget all the good deeds and all the, forget, I, I know, pastor, character will keep you where talent will take you. But right now, I'm about to take everybody out in the room so I can have the room to myself. Because you wouldn't need character if there wasn't often things testing why I always got to keep character in the room? Because somebody in the room is always testing what I'm made of. Ask your neighbor, what are you made of? Some of y'all ain't even try to look because you came with your neighbor. You're like, they know exactly what I'm made of. Turn to the other neighbor that you didn't come with. Say, neighbor, what are you made of?
There are things that push you to the edge and living in New York City is no short of those examples. I remember when we went to camp and they were playing a volleyball game. I saw how pressured New Yorkers are because that volleyball game became almost violent in the presence of God. Well, catch was like, I'm going to win. It's like, bro, but I realized sometimes you just want to win one time. You don't care what it is. Yesterday I was playing Connect Four with Silas and I was, I was killing him. I ain't let him win nothing. I got to win something in life. And then Shy started beating his mother and she said, come play Shy. I said, I'm going to wash him too. And he washed me the first time I got so mad. I said, play me again. And then he beat me so quick. He said, dad, you let me win in my head. I wanted to lie and say, yeah, so I could feel like I won. I said, nah, you beat me for real. I said, I don't want to play no more. But you're my dad. I don't care about that right now. I want to win something ever felt like that there are no lack of examples in New York of what when pressure hits you how it can change your life in that moment when I was living in Cambria Heights there was a young man that lived on the block and the way I met him was he had he was playing around and he did something to the car and you know we found out it was him, and he came with integrity. His parents came. They said, man, we're sorry, whatever. Cool kid. See him every time I see him now. I was like, what's up, man? Came friends. One day, I'm coming out the house. He lived down the block. I see a car rolled up, and some kids jumped out. This is New York. Unfortunate. You see this stuff, right? And they begun to cuss him out. And then one of them swung at him, and they begun to punch this kid. This kid is not a fighter. I don't know what this was over, if it was something that happened in the park down the block, and they begun to, and the kid is trying to run home, and as he's trying to run home, he gets to the front of his yard, and I'm watching this from the block, and neighbors are starting to come out, and we're starting to run down the block, and this kid picks up a big rock, and he was about to hit the one kid that was going to do it, and his father came out the house at that moment and grabbed and stopped him. Because had that rock hit that other boy, that boy would have died. And him who didn't start this whole life would have changed in a moment because of. There are things that happen in your life that puts you to a point. And everybody will get to what I'd like to talk to you today. A breaking point. A breaking point. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I just ask that you would speak in this house to every heart. And cause us to be drawn closer to you. Cause us to see ourselves in your word. As you see us. And cause us to see every part of us that needs to change. And give us the strength to change ourselves. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. In life you will have criticism. You will have people who will say things to you that will hurt you. I want you to know though that not all criticism is bad. Come on somebody. Listen to what the Bible says, Proverbs 13, 8. If you ignore criticism or you ignore discipline in some versions, you will end up in poverty and disgrace. That's strong. Amen. If you accept correction, you will be honored. Proverbs 12, 1. To learn, you must love discipline. It is stupid to hate correction. Bible talk rough. Proverbs 9 9 instruct the wise and they will be even wiser teach the righteous and they will learn even more so in life you it is always good to have people around you that love the Lord that will tell you the truth athletes get better because they hire people to critique what they're doing. 
They hire people if they play basketball to critique if they're shooting right, to, to, to help them. And, and in life, you want to keep people in, in your corner that will, that will help you grow. Amen, somebody. So, so sometimes not everybody that is telling you something. A, a brother asked a, a question in, in, in something I was doing. And he said, you know, pastor, you got to help me. And he was talking music with me. He said, you, how do you deal with everybody who don't want to play your music? I said, well, can you expound a little bit? He said, everybody you go to, they just hating on you because of your past. I said, all right. You know, I said, my brother, it's unfortunate that everybody, you know, sometimes people can, can be mean to you for no reason. I said, but you know, you, you got to start asking yourself after a while, everybody, like everybody just hates me. Like did all the people in the music industry have a conference and say hate on him? Or after a while, you got to start examining what is truly being said to you. So your wife tells you something, hey man, you, you, you kind of lazy. You go to work, they tell you, hey, man. Everybody's out to get me. You worshiping at the altar. Lord, you see my enemies. No, he don't. He sees your flaws. As a matter of fact, you took long to come worship because. You need people to tell you the truth. You know, like Sister Sherry used to tell me the truth. Sometimes you're running out the house now and you like, Sherry, this look good. She's like, yeah. And you come out and everybody like, yo, what are you wearing? You're like, Sherry, you told. You don't need friends like Sherry. <laughs> Did you just tell Sherry you love that? Rich, you don't trust what, don't trust what she say, bro. They... Come on, somebody. You need people to tell you. You need a friend who will tell you the truth. But then there are those who exist that no matter what you do, you will never please them. There's some people in this room right, right now living to try to please a parent who will never love you. No matter what you do, because they don't know how to show that love. You live in a please a friend who will never. You're trying to get a gain a brother back. Great. Until they change. It will never come what you're looking for and people will rub you the wrong way. Which brings me to my story, what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about David. To give you some context, David was anointed king by Samuel. He didn't ask for the job. He was just a worshiper taking care of sheep. But little did he know that the, 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 the job of shepherding that was probably not the highest ranking of jobs was a metaphor of what God was going to make him. He was going to be a shepherd of Israel. Hallelujah. And so sometimes when you're working in some places that might seem insignificant, do like David did. Worship God all the way through it and do it the best you can. He did it so well that when the person who was coming to anoint king, a king in his house, he was still shepherding. Because we often blame Jesse for not calling David. But sometimes I think like, hey, David, man. You ain't got no hustle in you? Because I'd have been like, even if you don't want me here, I'll show up anyway. David was still out taking care of the sheep and anointed by Samuel. The Bible says that as Samuel begun to see all the brothers and said, surely this must be the king. God said, nope, that's not him. Nope, that's not him. For men look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And Samuel said, we will not sit today. Until I find who this person is. Do you have another son? Jesse said, yeah, his name is David. He's out in the field, though. He said, send for him. And as soon as he walked in, God said, anoint David. Man, you would think that when God anoint me for something, life is about to be good. Because nowadays in American Christianity, that word anointed feels like powerful. Feels like you, you've been inducted into Marvel or something. I'm anointed. We say things like, I'm anointed to prosper. Whoa! That sound good. I want that. <laughs> Don't mess with me. 
I'm anointed. Well, we got sermons like that. Oh, watch out. Y'all don't know who it is walking in this supermarket. I'm anointed. And just buy your bananas and go home. We make that word sound like, like woo. And the fact is, there is some woo to that because God will only allow his anointed to deal with so much before he steps in. So we know why we say it. But how many of you talking about anointed don't always feel anointed? Like I can say I'm anointed to prosper, but I'd rather feel the prosperity. I'd rather see the bank account show it. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me in this house. Who am I talking to in this house today? Come on. Uh, I'm anointed. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a head and not the tail. My house will be blessed. As soon as you go home, you argue with the wife for the next. You can't even watch the next game in peace. Sherry. It's one thing to say it. It's another thing to live it out. And David's life from that point on, you saw God working in his life, but every success brought a hater. David rolls up. He sees Goliath. He says, what's going to happen to the man who killed this giant? They said he ain't going gonna to marry the king's daughter and he'll never have to pay taxes again. Hallelujah. 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 He's going to be tax exempt for the rest of his life. He's going to be a nonprofit person. David said, bet. The brother said, what is this troublemaker doing here? Here he is anointed to kill giants, but his own brothers. What are you doing here, troublemaker? I love David's attitude. David shows you how to handle haters. He said, I ain't trying to hear what you got to say. Tell me more about this tax deal. David walks out and kills Goliath, cuts Goliath's head off, holds his head up, takes the sword back, put the sword in Israel. That's the David that we know, the, the, the conqueror. And as he's working now for Saul, Saul says, come on, come to battle with me. You're going to work with me. We're going to slay the Philistines, Work, do the Lord's work. He goes out. He's working for Saul. He comes back riding in one day, and the ladies come out. And the ladies are saying, Saul slayed his thousands. And Saul is like, hey, 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 who you know kill a thousand men? Hey, yeah, yeah, hey, 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 hey. party at the palace tonight. But the song ain't stopped there. The lady said, but David, woo, David, David, single David. <laughs> David slayed his tens of thousands, Saul said, er, we can't have two kings up in here. One of us got to go. And Saul begun to just persecute this young man, chase him wherever he went. And this man can't find a place to call his home. And he can't get a win, even though he's anointed. You ever feel like that? Like, bro, all this loving Jesus and I just can't get a break. And the story picks up now that the man who anointed him is dead. And he wants to go to properly show his respects to the prophet of God. And he tries to find a way to do so. And he ends up, and this is where our story picks up. 1 Samuel chapter 25. Look at what the Bible says there. Verse number one, put it up on the screen. Now Samuel died and all Israel gathered for his funeral. But one man couldn't show up freely because his life was in danger. They buried him at his house in Ramah. They were, there was a wealthy man from Maon who owned property near the town of Carmel. He had 3,000 sheep. And a hundred goats, a thousand goats. And it was sheep shearing time. That's when they begin to, 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 to cut the, 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 the fur off of the animal. Amen. This man's name was Nabal. 
and his wife, Abigail. All the ladies make some noise for Abigail. All the men, boo Nabal. The man's name was Nabal and his wife's name was Abigail. She was a sensible. Come on, ladies. May I some hating ladies in here? She was sensible and a beautiful woman. Come on, ladies. Support Sister Abigail today. I got no love for Sister Abigail. Come on, Abby. Look. She, but Nabal, a descendant of Caleb, which is interesting, was crude and meaning all his dealings. When David heard that Nabal was shearing his sheep, he sent 10 of his young men to Carmel with this message for Nabal. Peace and prosperity to you, your family and everything you own. I am told that it is sheep shearing time. And while your shepherds stayed among us near Carmel, we never harmed them. And nothing was ever stolen from them. Ask your own men. They will tell you this is true. So would you be kind to us? In other words, David said, I protected your men. I looked out for them. Nobody touched them. Because I didn't have to, but I put my men to guard them. Hey man, we kind of hungry now. Would you be kind to us since we have come at a time of celebration? Please share any provisions you might have on hand with us and with your friend, David. That's a fair request, right? Come on, somebody. Here's my first point to you today, y'all. Expect the unexpected. Not everyone lives by the same code. Write that down somewhere. It'll save your life. David figured, I protected you. It's only right for you to help a brother out. But how many of you know that it is bad when you think that everybody thinks like you? And that's a problem for Christians. Christians, as you go out in this snaky world, when you leave, this, everybody on your job ain't a Christian. Everybody does not operate under the same code. And that's why oftentimes we end up getting hurt because we put a certain expectancy in places. And when it's not reciprocated, you start to get big mad, bitterness stepping, anger stepping. You start talking about the person. The truth is, it's really your fault. Because they never signed a contract with you asking you to do anything. We know out of the kindness of the heart and just humanity, they should help back. But listen to my second point. Make your expectancy known. If you're going to do something and there's an expectancy, let it be known. It will clear up a lot of confusion in life. Don't walk in and say, yo, man, I did all in. What's up? What's up? I didn't know you was expecting. I thought you was just showing love. You end up getting hurt because you don't make your expectancy known. And watch what is going to happen to David. Hallelujah. Amen, somebody. Amen. Wives, make your expectancy known. I'm going to preach over here to the wives over here. Wives, make your expectancy known. You say, why are you picking on the wives? Because wives are always telling me, he ought to know what I'm thinking. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. You could tell a man, don't put this chair here six days in a row. He'll come home and you'll be looking at him and you'll be like, you should know what I'm thinking. He's like, I really don't know. With the chair there. Make it plain. Right, Sherry? You've learned that with me, right? Yeah, I really got no brain. Hallelujah. So David's young men gave this message to Nabal. Nabal in David's name. And they waited for a reply. This is the reply. Who is this fellow? Okay, you know he's British. Who's this fellow David? 
Nabal sneered to the young men. You know all that's going to go back to David, right? Not only did he say who was the fellow, but he sneered when he did it. We don't even know what that means no more. We ain't, that, we ain't see that word since English class. We know it ain't good. His name is Nabal. His name means he's a fool. His name means fool. And he's going to show you why. His mama. <laughs> he sneered to the young men. Who does this? Look at this. So first, he attacks his position. Everybody knows Samuel anointed this man. Everybody know this man is a hero in Israel. He said, I don't respect none of that. And then he disrespects his lineage. Who is this son of Jesse think he is? He comes from nobody. And then he goes off even further to tell David that he's in the wrong when David is not. Imagine you are doing right and being persecuted for it. And then somebody tells you that you are wrong. He said, there are lots of servants these days who run away from their masters. So he's telling them, you will run from Saul because you're disobedient. When meanwhile, all he ever did was serve Saul sincerely. He's a fool. Should I take bread and my water and my meat that I've slaughtered for my shearers and give it to this band of outlaws who come from who knows where? It's a lot of big talk that you're talking with. So David's young men return and told. See, that's the problem. You never think that what you said is going to come back to bite you. Can I help you in this house? Words are like arrows. They are in your hands as long as they are still in your mouth. But the minute you launch it, Better make sure that you are a, a, a marksman and it hits exactly where you want it to hit. Because if it don't hit where you want it to hit, it's liable to fly anywhere and it depends on where it land. You can't get it back once it's left. So that's why the Bible says, be slow to speak. Be quick to what? It said first, be quick to what? You got two. One, two, you see the ratio? <laughs> if you're doing twice as this, you are messed up. <laughs> Who am I talking to? Do you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. And, 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 and the Bible says, be quick to listen. And then it tells you what? Slow to speak. And this is the other part. And slow to anger. Now, it's not telling you that individually. It's telling you how it works. If you want to be slow to anger, start with listening. Some of us start with speaking, end up with anger. Then we want to, all right, I'm going to listen now, though. What was you saying? I ain't going to interrupt you. Go ahead. Don't. And then, then you got these conversations like, all right, all right, so you ain't going to cut me off, right? Because when you talk, I ain't cut you off, so, so don't cut me off. And now, you, ain't, you forgot what you're arguing about. Now you're arguing about who's going to cut who off in the argument. Whenever you talk, I let you talk. Whenever I talk, you always want to cut me off. I forget it, man, because every time I talk, you cut me off. Start with listening first. Not Nabal. <laughs> Nabal ain't try to hear nothing. He was quick to speak. Slow to listen. Full of anger. So David's young men returned and told him what Nabal said. Let me tell y'all this. Here's another point. Riches don't make you wise. And poverty doesn't make you a fool. People with wealth, we treat them like they smart because they got money. You see it on the internet all the time. Anybody with money, we, we drool over. We drool over celebrities. We got celebrities 
telling us, people who ain't even, never been to a science class in their life telling us about health. I'm like, but they can sing real good. So what? They got fame. Riches does not make you wise. And somebody might be asking in this room, well, how did Abigail, a wise person, end up with this fool? Because you're living in a time with arranged marriages, and if you put two and two together, his money probably bought him the girl. Because no girl in a right mind would marry. Well, you would think no girl. That's why they wasn't cheering for Abigail in the beginning. And she ended up with a fool. But nevertheless, she was still faithful. Amen. But riches don't make you wise and poverty don't make... Never let your bank account make you feel intellectually smaller than anybody. I know nations in this world where the government doesn't have opportunities for the people... But you just look around at the people, they've all graduated with masters and stuff like that. It's just that there's no opportunity and they're living in poverty. Poverty does not mean stupidity. And riches does not mean wisdom. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. So he goes and he says that. Now... Listen to this point. You can't control others' reactions to you, but you can control how you respond. You, can't, you can never control what somebody's doing to you, but you can control how you respond to them. Amen. And I want you all to see David's response. So David, who has got all this pressure, Samuel, who anointed him, dead David is doing things like running to temples and begging people to give him the holy bread so he could feed his men the consecrated bread that's how he's living David is finding himself living in Philistine territory hiding from Saul no friends and David comes brings his men his men is as crazy as ever too when you read about David, David got one man who, y'all don't even want to know. David got some crazy folks that ran with him. And he's with them everywhere. And he's got all this pressure because he does not know what, where his life is leading. And he comes and he's hiding just to pay respects to Samuel. They are hungry. They got no food. And he sees this man and he knows people will come and rob his sheep. He puts up a wall that anybody comes and sees us. David, man, they wouldn't touch these men. He said, please, mister, give us some food, man, so we can make it along the way. And the message comes back and they open the, the tents and they walk into David and they say, David, the man said, who are you? And that you are rebellious against your king. And he says, who's your father? He talked about your dad. He talked about you being a rebel. And he said, many men are, 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 are now turning away from their masters. And why should he take his hard earned money and give it to somebody like you, an outlaw? That thing hit David. You ever noticed too? Because of all the things that should have broke David, this seems so insignificant. Think about your own life. Of all the things that should have break you, it be that little moment. Where you like, I can take this respect from anybody. But you dog, your mama named you fool. I this and that thing just, I got to go to my guy in his roots to describe it. It boiled David. It just, it got under his skin. 
skin so bad. Nabal is a fool who don't even have protection for his own people. Look at David's response. Get your swords was David's reply as he strapped on his own. David killed Goliath. He can handle Nabal. Okay, take two men. Take three men. You're only going to kill Nabal. Who ain't even had anybody to help him watch out for the sheep? All right, let's take about 15 in K. All right, let's take 30 in K. Let's take 50. All right, we do 100. Let me go even. No. David turned to 400 men and said, strap up. We're going to get this fool today. Breaking point. Pressure kicks in to where David is about to go wipe this man, his hip, his wife, his children, his animal. He's going to kill everybody in that house. David said, strap up. David reached his breaking point. He reached a point in which he couldn't control his response. You ever been there? Where all your logic goes out the door, all your Christianity take a back seat, and you like, yo, listen, me and G, we going I'm gonna repent later, but right now, oh no, 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 no. And there's a whole nother side of you that rock. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this house. Y'all acting like y'all y'all know people only did it to you. Everybody reached their breaking point with you, which would make you David replied as he strapped on his own. Then 400 men started off with David. And look what he let remain. That math ain't mathing. You would want to protect your family and the wives and everybody y'all are rolling with with the 400 men. He said, nah, 200 could take care of them. What I'm about to do to Nabal will ring in the annals of history. Go on. Meanwhile, one of Nabal's servants went to Abigail and told her, David sent messengers from the wilderness to greet our master, but he screamed insults at them. Amen. These men have been very good to us, and we never suffered any harm from them. Nothing was stolen from us, and the whole time they were with us. In fact, day and night, they were like a wall of protection to us and the sheep. You need to know this and figure out what to do. You need to like highlight. You need to know this and figure out. Figure out what to do. Don't die in the situation. Figure out there is a way out. Come on. And uh, thank God for women. Hallelujah. Who, who just know how to figure it out. Hallelujah. They, they, they don't go into gossiping and calling up all the other women and they go into saving families, not breaking their family. There, there's, there's something about women who know how to use the intellect God has given them. Women can change their whole generation. It was, it was a woman who put Moses in a basket. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. It, 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 you, you look through the Bible, God often raises up. When you meet a wise woman. She, she's different. She thinks different. You might even ask her sometimes, why are you even in the situation you're in? Because your wisdom don't reflect your circumstance. And she will tell you, don't worry, God got me. And you better believe God had Abigail. And so she said, you need to figure out what to do for there is going to be trouble for our master and his whole family he is so ill-tempered that no one can even talk to him come on somebody come on somebody i want to stop right there this is two points ahead put this one up for me she said no the servant said nobody could talk to him and at this point, David needed to hear another voice. 
Listen to this. If you surround yourself with only people who say what you want to hear, then you only want to hear yourself. I'm going to say that again. If you only surround yourself with people who say what you want to hear, then you only want to hear yourself. Y'all seeing this? Hallelujah. Let's go on. Let's go on. And put back up my scripture. And, and so he's on the way now. Abigail wasted no time. She quickly gathered 200 loaves of bread, two wineskins full of wine, five sheep that had been slaughtered, nearly a bushel of roasted grain, 100 clusters of raisins, 200 fig cakes. She packed them on donkeys and said to her servants, go ahead and I will follow you shortly. But she didn't tell her husband Nabal what she was doing. And as she was riding her donkey into the mountain ravine, she saw David and his men coming towards her. And David had just been saying a lot of good it did to help this fellow, right? We protected his flocks in the wilderness and nothing he owned was lost or stolen. He's regurgitating the problem. Because a breaking point... It comes to destroy your life. But I, if I could help you today, a breaking point doesn't have to be a breaking point. It can be a turning point. A breaking point or a making point. Will you allow what has come up against you to break you or make you? And that will totally depend... On when the pressure hits you, what comes out of you? You can't squeeze oranges and get apple juice. And David was anointed for a reason. Because there's something in him that when he gets pressured, will come out. So if you want to prepare for your breaking point, it's what you're doing right now. My everyday habits and integrity when nobody's looking is going to keep me when those moments of breaking come. If David was a mean person, an evil person, nobody was going to change his mind. Watch this, y'all. Let's go on in the scripture. He's regurgitating the problem. May God strike me. And this man is about to do damage, y'all. He said, may God, this man appealed to God. <laughs> this man know God. Like he know no God. So he tells God, may God strike me and kill. Thank God some of the dumb stuff you say, he ain't listen. <laughs> I, I promise you on God. Don't do that. He said, if one of the men of his household is still alive tomorrow. When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off a donkey and bowed low before him. She fell at his feet and said, I accept the blame in this matter, my Lord. Please listen to what I have to say. I know Nabal. He's a wicked and intempled man. Please don't pay any attention to him. He is a fool. It's one thing for people outside to call you something. It's one thing for the people on the job to say something about you. But when... Pay no attention to him. He's a fool, just as his name suggests. But I never even saw the young men you sent. No wonder he kept his riches all these years. Now, my Lord, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, since the Lord is, look at the difference in speech here, y'all. Come on, somebody. 
As surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, since the Lord has kept you from murdering David, this is what she's saying. King David, you're not known as a murderer. You've never had to murder anybody. That ain't you. And you never took vengeance into your own hands. And listen to this point, y'all. Never use your power as a leader for personal vengeance. When you get a position of authority, it's not a, an opportunity for you to abuse it. And, and she says, you, you never had to murder anybody. You never had to do harm to anybody. Let all your enemies and those who try to harm you be accursed as Nabal is. And here's a present that I, your servant, have brought to you and your young men. Please forgive me if I've offended you in any way. Then the Lord will surely reward you with a lasting dynasty. For you are fighting the Lord's. See, y'all ain't getting it. This is a woman who could talk. No wonder this story ends the way it ends. David is coming. This man, God strike me down. I'm going to kill his whole family by tomorrow. The woman comes out and says, David, David, David. You know, like how, you know, Sherry, no, no, no. That'll never happen in modern time. But she came, she bowed to him and said, King David, David, you're David. You never had to murder anybody. This man is a fool. You never had to, you don't have blood on your hands. You never had to do any of this. And then she starts to jot his memory. Remember that God promised to give you a lasting dynasty. This woman, you say, why is this insignificant man a big deal in his life? Because she is saving his whole calling right now. If David would have touched Nabal, he was not going to that throne. I believe that. That's not in the Bible. But if he had put his, because of what she said, she said, you have a lasting dynasty and the Lord fights your battle. In other words, look, look what she says. And, 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 and the Lord fights your battle and you have not done wrong throughout your entire life. Even when you are chased by those who seek to kill you, your life is safe in the care of the Lord your God. Oh, come on, somebody. Uh, secure in his treasure pouch, but the lives of your enemies will disappear like stones shot from us. You see the language? She, she, she is slickly reminding him, re re remember when you had to fight a giant? Just like you shot the stone out and killed your enemy, God got a whole lot of other stones that's going to fly that you won't even have to sling. I thank God for the ones I slung, but how many more I never had to swing that God done hit giants after giants after giants. Oh, who am I talking to in this house? It's, it's, see, we only, we only look at the battles we have to fight. But you have no idea how many other battles you never had to step in the ring that God was fighting for you. When the Lord has done all he has promised and has made you a leader of Israel, go on. Don't let this be a blemish. That's why I said that. That's not, you know, what I said is not, you ain't going to find that's my personal belief. Why? Because he would have blemished his record. He said, then your conscience won't have to bear the staggering burden. Or if he did become king, this was going to haunt him forever. A, bur a staggering burden of needles, bloodshed, and vengeance. And when the Lord has done these great things for you, please, smart lady. Remember me, your servant. I'm almost done, y'all. You cannot control how others perceive you, but don't become their perception of you. David is not a murderer. The man said he's an outlaw. David is not an outlaw. If David does what he's about to do, what does David become?
It's like when people argue with you and say, why don't you, and they just come out and they say something hurtful, why don't you shut up, you idiot? And you're like, not an idiot. I went to school. <laughs> then you start, what do you call an idiot? Y'all don't call me an idiot. You start pushing stuff down. Now you look like an People will perceive you one way, but you got to be careful that the enemy don't trick you into becoming the perception of it. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's all she's doing. Here's the other thing she told him. Consider the source of the criticism. That's my, my next point. She said, you're about to risk everything God is doing in your life over a fool. Not every battle you have to fight. Come on, somebody. She says, consider who's doing the talking. Now, that's very important. I'm almost done, but let me take my time right there. Because sometimes when you begin to consider who's doing the hurting to you, you begin to discover some things about the people. And realize that this person... That's their nature. Some people who can't forgive their mother and hate their mother, do a little bit of research. Consider maybe her upbringing or her lack of upbringing. It won't forgive the pain you felt, but you will begin to understand why am I holding on to something from someone who probably couldn't do any better without God in their life. Y'all hear what I'm saying in this room. And sometimes you got to consider who's doing the hurting. And she said, consider that he's a fool. Don't become the perception of him. And you've got a lasting dynasty. And then she's telling him, remember whose you are and who you are. Listen in this room. Remember who you are. Remember whose you are. Don't you ever let what words and things and situation get you to the point where you throw everything that God is trying to do in your life away for that moment that you're about to break. Remember who you are. Remember you've been anointed. Remember his hands is on your life. And finally, she said, God is going to shoot these slings out, like, like, like these stones out like a sling. Here's my last point, and I'm done. Not every battle is worth fighting. Let God fight it. Let God fight it. I don't know who I'm talking to in this house. You know, we're, we're during the COVID situation, uh, 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 Every politician was fighting. And I remember the governor said something. And uh, you know, uh, uh, this ain't a political endorsement for anybody. Because when you say anything about politics, people just run, okay, he must be this. I am kingdom. Uh, but um, there was a big fight between our governor at the time. Uh, 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 what's his name again? Yeah, that guy. And, and the president. And, and, you know, the media was putting them against each other. Well, who's best? Because we got an election coming up and maybe Cuomo could run and maybe Trump could run again. And so this whole battle was going on. And so Cuomo came out one day and he said something. He said, uh, he's trying to pick a fight with me. And I've learned, and he said something. I said, that's, that's, that's kind of cool there, Bishop Cuomo. That was cool. He said this. He said... He said, I've learned as a young kid that if you don't show up, you know how Cuomo talk, right? <laughs> Cuomo was, today, 50 million people died, but we're good. <laughs> All right. Cuomo's like, I've learned as a young kid that if you didn't show up to the after school yard fight, there won't be no fight because you didn't show up. <laughs> so they want to fight with me, and I'm not going to show up. I said, Hallelujah. That's a word right there. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying in this house. Because sometimes you don't got to show up to every battle. Sometimes you don't even got to show up. You just let God show up. And the Bible says that David turned back and said, you got it, Abigail, and went back home. You know how the story ends? And let me tell you something. When I tell you God will fight your battles, he's not fighting David's battle alone here 
He's fighting the woman of God's battle. The Bible says she goes back home. She saved the whole family. Her husband don't even know it. And he's out drinking. He's turned up to the fullest, having a great time. The next day, he got word. Do you know that there was 400 men coming to kill you? And what happened? And Abigail went out and stopped it. And the Bible says he caught a heart attack. Immediately his heart became like stone and he died. The fool died. He didn't want to give sheep. Now theologically this leaves a lot of questions. But let me just say this. He didn't want to give sheep, but David got sheep. David got wineskin. What else he got? When you don't fight and you let God fight, y'all ain't say nothing. Give me a mic, man. This, this mic died on me. Hallelujah. Give me something. Amen. Y'all ain't say nothing to me in this house. Hallelujah. I don't know about you how this one don't work either hallelujah we keep it moving amen hallelujah amen next mic next mic hey hallelujah hallelujah let me tell you something listen to me loud and clear you know there's a god that we serve who is looking out for his people there's a god don't don't you ever feel like the anointing that is on your life ain't worth something so sometimes you might walk around and not feel it and that pressure is kicking in but you're anointed and this anointing is going to go before you behind you around you it will keep you pressure coming food i'm hungry i'm in a tough situation if god be for you who can be against you who am I talking to in this house? No, I, I'm trying to tell somebody. I'm trying to tell you in your situation. Don't let your situation dictate to you who your God is. And my man started going and as he was going, he was going to kill a man. He came back home with wealth. He came back to his camp. I could imagine when David rode back in, David started showing all the 200 men. Look at what we got. And we ain't put a finger on them. There was a, there was a, there was a lady out there met, a bad lady. Hallelujah. Because y'all know what David did. Hallelujah. They, hallelujah. He needed deliverance in some areas. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, David said there was a fly lady out there. She met me. She gave me all this stuff. And, and, and her husband is a fool but i can see the source of his wealth i can see what's keeping the wealth is he got a wise woman and so david got all the food then word came to david the man's dead y'all missing where i'm going you ain't want to give food all i wanted was food now I'm going to get the source of why you even getting money. And David came right back. Remember you said, remember you? Remember you said to remember you? I remember you, sister. And she became his wife. Sometimes you don't know how you're going to get out of what you're into. Be faithful. Don't lose who you are in God. Don't tell nobody off. Learn to shut your mouth. I'm going to read a couple scriptures and I'm going to let you go today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen to this, y'all. Listen to these scriptures, y'all. Proverbs 18, 21. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequence. Those who love to, you love to talk. A Guyanese wrote that part. Psalm 64, 3. They sharpen their tongues like swords and aim cruel words like deadly arrows. Make sure that ain't you. James 1.19 Understand this my dear brothers and sisters You must all be quick to listen Slow to speak And slow to anger 
Proverbs 18:2. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. Proverbs 18:3. If one gives an answer before he hears, it is folly and shame. Proverbs 29:11. A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it. James 1.19, know this my, uh, 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 I said that one already. James 1.26, if anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Psalms 141.3, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Colossians 4 6 let your speech always be gracious seasoned with salt so that you may know how you ought to answer each person Psalms 19 14 let the words of my mouth there would have been no breaking point had Nabal watched his mouth But thank God that he kept his anointed. That David's breaking point turned into a turning point. And he went back home and he kept on going until he became king of Israel. Do not die from the pressure, but grow from it. Do not break from the pressure, but be made by it. Do not die under your circumstance, but rise above it. Let the words of my mouth, while David was riding, this is what he should have been doing. And let the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Every head bow, every eyes closed.